Section Zero Introduction of Creative Chemistry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adam Marcetich, Alexandria, Virginia, 2010. Creative Chemistry by Edwin E. Slauson. Introduction by Julius Steiglitz, formerly president of the American Chemical Society, professor of chemistry in the University of Chicago. The recent war, as never before in the history of the world, brought to the nations of the earth a realization of the vital place which the science of chemistry holds in the development of the resources of a nation. Some of the most picturesque features of this awakening reached the great public through the press. Thus, the adventurous trips of the Deutschland, with its cargoes of concentrated aniline dyes, valued at millions of dollars, emphasized as no other incident our former dependence upon Germany for these products of her chemical industries. The public read, too, that her chemists saved Germany from an early disastrous defeat, both in the field of military operations and in the matter of economic supplies. Unquestionably, without the tremendous expansion of her plants for the production of nitrates and ammonia from the air by the process of Haber, Ostwald, and others of her great chemists, the war would have ended in 1915, or early in 1916, from exhaustion of Germany's supplies of nitrate explosives, if not indeed from exhaustion of her food supplies, as a consequence of the lack of nitrate and ammonia fertilizer for her fields. Inventions of substitutes for cotton, copper, rubber, wool, and many other basic needs have been reported. These feats of chemistry, performed under the stress of dire necessity, have, no doubt, excited the wonder and interest of our public. It is far more important at this time, however, when both for war and for peace needs, the resources of our country are strained to the utmost, that the public should awaken to a clear realization of what this science of chemistry really means for mankind, to the realization that its wizardry permeates the whole life of the nation as a vitalizing, protective, and constructive agent very much in the same way as our blood, coursing through our veins and arteries, carries the constructive, defensive, and life-bringing materials to every organ in the body. If the layman will but understand that chemistry is the fundamental science of the transformation of matter, he will readily accept the validity of this sweeping assertion. He will realize, for instance, why exactly the same fundamental laws of the science apply to, and make possible scientific control of, such widely divergent national industries as agriculture and steel manufacturing. It governs the transformation of the salts, 
minerals and humus of our fields and the components of the air into corn wheat cotton and the innumerable other products of the soil it governs no less the transformation of crude ores into steel and alloys which with the cunning born of chemical knowledge may be given practically any conceivable quality of hardness elasticity toughness or strength and exactly the same thing may be said of the hundreds of national activities that lie between the two extremes of agriculture and steel manufacture moreover the domain of the science of the transformation of matter includes even life itself as its loftiest place from our birth to our return to dust the laws of chemistry are the controlling laws of life health disease and death and the ever clearer recognition of this relation is the strongest force that is raising medicine from the uncertain realm of an art to the safer sphere of an exact science to many scientific minds it has even become evident that those most wonderful facts of life heredity and character must find their final explanation in the chemical composition of the components of life-producing germinal protoplasm mere form and shape are no longer supreme but are relegated to their proper place as the housing only of the living matter which functions chemically it must be quite obvious now why thoughtful men are insisting that the public should be awakened to a broad realization of the significance of the science of chemistry for its national life. It is a difficult science in its details because it has found that it can best interpret the visible phenomena of the material world on the basis of the conception of invisible minute material atoms and molecules each a world in itself whose properties may be nevertheless accurately deduced by a rigorous logic controlling the highest type of scientific imagination but a layman is interested in the wonders of great bridges and of monumental buildings without feeling the need of inquiring into the painfully minute and extended calculations of the engineer and architect of the strains and stresses to which every pin and every bar of the great bridge and every bit of stone every foot of arch in a monumental edifice will be exposed so the public may understand and appreciate with the keenest interest the results of chemical effort without the need of instruction in the intricacies of our logic of our dealings with our minute invisible particles the whole nation's welfare demands indeed that our public be enlightened in the matter of the relation of chemistry to our national life thus if our commerce and our industries are to survive the terrific competition that must follow the re-establishment of peace our public must insist that its representatives in congress preserve that independence in chemical manufacturing 
which the war has forced upon us in the matter of dyes, of numberless invaluable remedies to cure and relieve suffering, in the matter, too, of hundreds of chemicals, which our industries need for their successful existence. Unless we are independent in these fields, how easily might an unscrupulous competing nation do us untold harm by the mere device, for instance, of delaying supplies, or by sending inferior materials to this country, or by underselling our chemical manufacturers, and, after the destruction of our chemical independence, handicapping our industries as they were in the first year or two of the Great War, this is not a mere possibility created by the imagination, for our economic history contains instance after instance of the purposeful undermining and destruction of our industries in finer chemicals, dyes, and drugs by foreign interests bent on preserving their monopoly. If one recalls that through control, for instance, of dyes by a competing nation, control is in fact also established over products, valued in the hundreds of millions of dollars, in which dyes enter as an essential factor. One may realize indeed the tremendous industrial and commercial power which is controlled by the single lever, chemical dyes. Of even more vital moment is chemistry in the domain of health. The pitiful calls of our hospitals for local anesthetics to alleviate suffering on the operating table, the frantic appeals for the hypnotic that soothes the epileptic and staves off his seizure, the almost furious demands for remedy after remedy that came in the early years of the war are still ringing in the hearts of many of us. No wonder that our small army of chemists is grimly determined not to give up the independence in chemistry which war has achieved for us. Only a widely enlightened public, however, can ensure the permanence of what far-seeing men have started to accomplish in developing the power of chemistry through research in every domain which chemistry touches. The general public should realize that in the support of great chemical research, laboratories of universities and technical schools, it will be sustaining important centers from which the science which improves products, abolishes waste, establishes new industries and preserves life, may reach out helpfully into all the activities of our great nation that are dependent on the transformation of matter. The public is to be congratulated upon the fact that the writer of the present volume is better qualified than any other man in the country to bring home to his readers some of the great results of modern chemical activity as well as some of the big problems which must continue to engage the attention of our chemists. Dr. Slauson has indeed the unique quality of combining an exact and intimate knowledge of chemistry 
with the exquisite clarity and pointedness of expression of a born writer we have here an exposition by a mastermind an exposition shorn of the terrifying and obscuring technicalities of the lecture-room that will be as absorbing reading as any thrilling romance for the story of scientific achievement is the greatest epic the world has ever known and like the great national epics of bygone ages should quicken the life of the nation by a realization of its powers and a picture of its possibilities creative chemistry la chimie possède cette faculté créatrice à un degré plus éminent que les autres sciences parce qu'elle pénètre plus profondément et atteint jusqu'aux éléments naturels des êtres Berthelot. Cet enregistrement fait partie du domaine public. End of section zero. End of introduction.